Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the third episode of Calling All Halos. Uh, we are sitting here on a Sunday evening. I just got back from uh, Angel Stadium, where the Angels lost 12-11 to in a pretty crazy game. Um, I'm still joined here alongside my co-host, who thankfully has not quit on me yet, Connor Grossman. Hello, Connor. We're still here. The season's a week old. And does it feel like it's a year old? Yeah, it, you know, it does. It's like every game, I feel the energy of this fan base. Whenever all, When I say energy, I'm talking about Twitter replies. And it is like every inning, it is up and down. And it is like <laughs> just this roller coaster. I mean, and I'm sitting here thinking 162 of these, like this is going to be an interesting year. So, Right. Judging off the state of the Twitter replies you're getting, um, what is the Angels record? Oh, in the season? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to go with, like, three and six. <laughs> but, hey, the Angels are actually five and four. I'm not sure what the Rangers did today, but the Angels came into the day a one-game lead in the AO West, and uh, they lost today, so at the very worst, they're tied. Uh, so it's not, not the end so of the world. Want, so we want to talk about the playoff picture today. Right? Yeah, we're talk- this is all about halos in the playoffs because we all know the magic number is getting is whittling down. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Today we're going to talk bullpen, because I know that's what's on everyone's mind after this weekend, Uh, really after kind of the first nine games. uh, I think, you know, when I look at this team, you see an offense that, I mean, what they've done to this date, I mean, you you can tell. I mean, they they can put up runs really quickly. I mean, they can erase leads. They did it today in that that loss where, you know, they were up 6-0, down 10-6, and then they, you know, tie it up, it goes to extras. I mean, I think there's gonna be. I don't think that these types of games might. They might not be this crazy every day, but we probably will see these types of games a couple times this year. Uh, you know, and the bullpen has had its struggles. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. I don't necessarily know if that means their entire bullpen is bad or if there are certain players that are, you know, not going to be able to produce. But I think what we've seen so far is that there's just you talk about reliability. I think that's the most important thing with the bullpen. It's who you can trust. It's not always who's going to perform well every game. But it's who can you trust? And I think when you look at the bullpen right now, not a ridiculous amount of trust there that has been built up yet. Totally. I also think, to harp on what you said a second ago, the Angels have clearly shown they can, you know, hit their way out of deficits, which is an important quality for any good team to have. Um, But, you know, how far can you get with a bullpen that you don't fully trust or can't fully rely upon um, you know, a team over the course of a season can only withstand so many backbreaking losses mathematically and psychologically before, you know, the playoffs become a dream instead of a reality. Um, so it's hard to, it's rather, it's easy to make a lot out of a season that's a week old. But I totally agree if you're, you know, reading between the lines pretty early like we are. Um, the bullpen is a big question mark right now. Yeah, I mean, and also I think coming into this year, it was like the one thing that, you know, you know, I don't necessarily know if people would sit here and tell you that it was it was a huge area of concern, but I think it was the one area where people were like, you know, myself included, well, if, if something's going to bring them down, it's going to be this. Um, and so we'll see. I mean, I don't think, you know, you can write them off yet. I mean, look at what Jimmy Hurricane did last year. I mean, he was a borderline all-star, you know, and... Uh, he's had a couple of rough outings to, to start right now, and I don't know if that necessarily means that, you know, the book's out on him and he's not going to be the same guy, uh, or if it's just a couple bad outings. You know, someone like Aaron Loop 
long history of being a good pitcher, but his time with the Angels has not been not been very good. And you know, he uh, very notably called himself a little bitch after the first game. You know, it's, it's like opening day, man. One way to start the season. <laughs> Um, you know, and I mean, yeah, he blew the game to the A's. I, I, listen, I give him a lot of credit for getting up there and for saying, you know, I screwed this game up. I blew it. And that's, that's in what, so many words. In yeah. So many words. Yeah. I mean, but that is really what he said. And, you know, and he did and he did. And he, then he called himself out on it. And, and I think, Hey, listen, I, any, any time a guy does that instant respect, I think from the fans, from myself, from teammates, I mean, that's, and that's what Aaron Loop has kind of brought, you know, he's not been the best pitcher. I think he would probably be the first to tell you that, but it's that's you know he's accountable and that was appreciated. Um, you know, just kind of just kind of taking a step back. What what was the state of the bullpen entering the season, and how did how did Perry kind of approach uh, you know what this bullpen became yeah. on opening day? It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think kind of going into this year, they probably knew this was something they needed to address, and so what they they added uh, Matt Moore and Carlos Estevez and. Um, I think Estevez was kind of brought on to be the closer, and, and that's still probably his role right now. You know, today he allowed, uh, you know, he came in an extra inning, so he allowed the, the free runner to score and then an additional uh, run to score. Uh, and, and, you know, he just, I think in general, like, his first four outings have been, you know, this is the first time he got burned, but there've been, there's been traffic on the bases. You know, the command mm-hmm. is up and down. Uh, you know, this is kind of an extension of what we saw in spring with him where he really couldn't throw any strikes. So it's just, uh, you know, I think that it's, do you trust him right now as a closer? I mean, I think the Angels would probably tell you yes, but they'd probably be nervous behind the scenes, right? I think that's kind of the mm-hmm. sense right now. So you look at Jose Quijada. This guy can be electric. I mean, look what he did in WBC with his jersey out and just like the, you know, mm, yeah. he was super, it was just like this 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 guy who's passionate and clearly, well, you know, capable. But then there are sometimes he comes into games and he's like his fastball's topping at 90, 92. And it's like, why is this happening? And and you just and that's that plays into reliability. So you need guys you can rely on. And I think right now, there's not a single guy in there that I would say, yep, like this guy is going to come in and shut it down 100%. Doesn't mean I think that there aren't good bullpen players, pitchers. I think there are plenty of them in there. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're kind of relying on past performances and you know, you know, track records as opposed to like what's the innate reliability where they are right now. And that is the dynamic of every bullpen. And, um, you know, right now this is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, is it, is this pretty much the group that they're going to have for the bulk of this season? Are, in other words, are there, are there backups waiting in the wings for the Angels to cycle through? Or are they committed to this group, you think, for the next while? Well, I'm curious to hear what you think about this one idea. Because I know that the name Ben Joyce has been very, you know, I think he's kind of almost polarized. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just like this young guy who got drafted last year, and I, I don't, I think it's just the idea of Ben Joyce more than the actual pitcher to some extent. You know, he's come in, he's a guy who can throw really like up to 104, 105. I don't think he's really touched 105 yet since he got here. But you know, they put him in Double A. Uh, he's not got almost mm-hmm. no innings. His all of almost all of his experience is pitching in low leverage situations where he's not pitching on back to back days. That's hard to put in a major league bullpen, especially with yeah. like. You know, he's literally got drafted last season. At the same time, what are you missing in this bullpen? Lockdown 105 kind of guy, right? Like somebody <laughs> who can come in and do something like that. Estevez yeah. is the guy who could throw hard right now. Kiata could throw somewhat hard. I mean, he's, you know, like I said, but, you know, their velocities are kind of fluctuating. And are they, the, do they have that, that, that like, kind of lockdown mm-hmm. closers mentality? 
I don't know if Ben Joyce has it either, but I'm curious just about the dynamic and the idea of what you think of bringing in a guy like that. Yeah, I think any major league team would be licking their chops to add a guy to their bullpen that can touch 104-105. And not that there's such thing as a low-stakes roster move with your major league team, but just kind of, you know, talking it out for a second, I would like to think that if there is such thing as a low-stakes maneuver for your major league team, it's bringing on a new reliever that you can, you know debut and kind of give someone a soft landing bring him into a game that maybe isn't that close whether the angels are up by a significant amount or down by a significant amount you can test the guy out and see if it's going to work without putting him in high leverage spots immediately like there's a way to test the waters here that's not putting him into a one nothing game in the ninth inning and you know there's a cost to every transaction you know teams can't just you know feel great about subtracting someone off their major league roster for an experiment but in terms of you know low stakes high stakes additions you know weaving in a new reliever you know into your mix in theory should be easier than other spots on the roster yeah and here's what like i agree kind of with what you're saying because you know you just don't want to be in a position where you're leaving opportunities out there like you know i mean joyce came in yesterday's double a game where they actually had a ridiculous no hitter they lost and allowed seven runs, and Joyce allowed five of those runs, right? I mean, he he uh, he came in as the closer to close out the no-hitter, and I guess he technically did that. But also, you know, it, like, walked four guys and, like, hit a few guys, and, like, you know, it just was ugly. Um, they're also using a new ball down in A, which I think is impacting a lot of the numbers you might see down in the Southern League. Uh, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. It, it just... You know, I mean, I do think that, that that ball situation could possibly impact the development of guys like Joyce, and I don't necessarily know if the Angels are willing to risk that or want to be risking that. But at the same time, I mean, I agree. Like, you're in a position now with the Angels, I mean, like, the bullpen is costing you games, right? Like, you know, games that you're you're going to look back at in, you know, in September and, and, and want them want them back. So mm-hmm. I just don't think you can keep going down this road of, of, of just crossing your fingers you know, I think the Angels' mindset right now probably to some extent is, well, okay, let's let's stay above water, let's stay in the playoff race, let's get to the trade deadline. And then, you know, then there'll be chances. There'll be guys to, we can add. But um, On April 9th, the trade <laughs> deadline is impossibly far away. I agree. And this and listen, I mean, the, the Angels are probably not even thinking about the trade deadline last year when they were 27 and 17. So, you know, right, right now they're 5-4, right. and four, I think. So it's, it, you know, it's just like... It's tough. It really is. And you don't want to overreact. You know, you don't want to sit mm-hmm. here and be like, man, like, right to pair. I mean, today he allowed, like, I don't know, several runs, but, like, most of those were just on bloops, right? Like, it's not, right. you know. But then he also, the one out he did get was, like, a ball, like, you know, 375 feet to the wall. So it's, this thing's kind of, you know, they even themselves out. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you get unlucky. And and right. the reality is, I don't, you know, he allowed what he allowed, and, that, and that's what that's what counts. That's what stands. And you know, the guys that they're paying a lot of money to, and this is something I think I actually want to get into a little bit. The, the difference between, like, adding to your bullpen and throwing money at a bullpen. And I sometimes think the Angels kind of do the latter out of necessity because you mm-hmm. need to have a bullpen. But so much, I think if you look around baseball, the, the better bullpens, the, the teams that are best constructed are, are teams that are developing young pitchers, sure. homegrown players. And the Angels only have two homegrown players on their bullpen right now, Wance and Berea, and you know, neither of them are, are being used in super high leverage situations. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. the Angels have decided to kind of put together a bullpen by, you know, adding a bunch of guys who are making around $7 million, like Loop, Tapera, Matt Moore. So that's kind mm-hmm. of, and, and then Estevez they signed as a free agent, not for as much money. But 
um, you know, that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the dynamic out there. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think what you just said about the ideal situation being a homegrown bullpen versus, uh, you know, a manufactured one through free agency, like that applies to all areas of a team. I think the ideal team is one that has all homegrown players one through 26 on the roster, but that's simply not realistic. I personally believe if there's one part of the team that, you know, an executive can really earn their worth is going dumpster diving through relievers. Because, I mean, when you think about it, most home homegrown relievers, I'm saying in quotation marks, are failed starters that a team decided could no longer be a starting pitcher in the minor leagues. Let's try him as a reliever as sort of a last-ditch effort. And, you know, sometimes that works. I'm not saying teams don't bring up homegrown relievers that turn into studs. I mean, it happens every year. But I'm honestly of the mind, and this is really informed by, like, you know, the 2010s Giants teams I grew up watching where, you know, they added a Jeremy Affeld, they added a Javier Lopez. Like, executives can really earn their worth by assembling a bullpen that's cobbled together through a couple homegrown pitchers, a few trade acquisitions, a few non-roster invitees to spring training. I think bullpens, a successful bullpen can definitely be one that's a grab bag of guys where, from where, all across the landscape. Where did Matt Moore start out as the bad starter before he became a good reliever? San Francisco, sure. there you go. <laughs> oh, come on. He was a Ray. <clears throat> well, yeah, he was a Ray to begin with, and he was he was pretty good there, and then he got traded to yeah. the Giants, and then he was a good starter for a little while, and then he was a bad starter. <laughs> and then right. it all yes, went downhill. this is true. Dude, but point being, <laughs> yeah. yes, I That's do the point, yeah. a homegrown yeah. bullpen. But on the other side of the coin, I think there are a lot of executives that have built great bullpens <laughs> through a grab bag of, you know, means and the angels have a bullpen that's right now a big question mark and they can still find their way out of this through homegrown guys trades whatever it may be but uh you know i think it's fair to wonder if they did enough and of course it's easy to sit here at the beginning of april and wonder if they did enough time will tell but uh you know bullpen second guessing is the easiest kind of backseat driving for any observer of the game to do it is yeah i mean it's like it's just every year every outing is is um totally uh, you know <clears throat> it's unpredictable with relievers i mean that you know there's how many relievers have been great across their career and and that have you know been mm-hmm. dominant and people someone you can rely on i mean there's probably like honestly like a dozen ever that have just done it throughout their whole career like you said yeah. they were never a starter they're just like this great relief pitcher throughout their whole career and it and it was it never failed i mean obviously they've had certain outings but i mean just that statistically they were dominant it's it's not it doesn't happen right so it's it's a fickle position I think it's a difficult position and like you said it's easy to backseat drive on um on whether or not a bullpen is good or not and I just think that's why you really need a lot of depth you need people in the organization that you can call up when there's when there are uh, pitchers who aren't doing well I mean I think the Angels could you know call up a guy like Austin Warren who was really good for them in 21 um, had some kind of freak injuries last year getting hit with a ball at Fenway in batting practice which kind of seems like it's derailed his career to some extent but he's been really good in spring and really good in AAA they could call him up. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, it's just a matter of reliability. You just want somebody that you feel like I can go to. That's really what it comes down to with the bullpen. Because if you, even, Mm -hmm. even when you feel like, you know, even if it's just about a feel thing, like look at how it impacts decision-making, you know, like you you sometimes can make a a pad, a bad choice. Like, I don't, you know, take me like pulling Matt Moore the other day for Herget, um, 
you know, I think in a lot of ways, it, it, it's, it makes sense. You need Jimmy Herger to be good in order to be good this year. So I don't fault the decision there. I mean, I, you know, he's a great righty on right pitcher. I mean, it, it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you feel like, hey, I really trust Matt Moore, then you probably just let Herger go get the next inning. You know, especially since Matt Moore is a reverse splits guy and he can be, he can get, you know, George Springer out. Like that's not a, that's not somebody he should like need to be able to, need to have to pull. So it's all about feel. It's all about trust. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have those things, and if you haven't earned those things, then it's going to lead to decisions that might look bad the next day or in the next inning. So I think that's kind of where the Angels have put themselves. Um, You know, and then, and then loop. I mean, look, he blew it on opening day and he's pitched, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he didn't pitch again for another like nine days. Um, and I think that's a factor of trust. It's a factor of, can I bring somebody in? And, and it just impacts everything. When you lose even just a little bit of trust uh, or a little bit of reliability, I think it, it goes a long way and it, and it can impact everything. Right. And I know, again, I mentioned it's easy to backseat drive here and we'll continue to do so for a moment. Do you put any of... You're in the wrong the lane. Meltdowns? No, no. Sorry. <laughs> do you put any of the bullpen meltdowns um, on the coaching staff? You know... Listen, I, I just think that they have guys that you're getting, like, if they're going to be successful, they need to be able to to produce. Like, even today, sure. not going, to, like, they kept in Reed Detmers a little long. He was stellar for five innings. There's a couple guys over the minimum. You know, first three guys reached. That's probably where I would say, okay, the first three guys reached. You know, you're losing some command. He just hit, you know, Vladdy Jr. Matt Chapman's up. He's already had a really hot start to the year. Maybe that's where I would say that's where that mistake was, if there mm-hmm. was one. Uh, you know, the decision-making in pulling Herget, uh, or pulling Matt Moore for Hergit on Friday, I didn't necessarily agree with the reasoning that he gave, uh, that Nevin, Phil Nevin gave, which was that, that uh, Springer had a, had a home, part of it was that Springer had a home run off of Moore, but that was like in 2018 when might have even been with yeah. the Giants. So um, that didn't hold up as much to me. But I didn't, but I, at the end of the day, I, I agree with this, I, this concept of, you know what? Herget's our best right-on-right guy. We're yeah. going to need him this year. He's going to need to do this in these moments. And so, you know, you know, you can't blame the manager when something like that falls through because you're going to need to make those types of decisions consistently over the course of a season in order to be successful. And they're going to need to be able to work out at times. And if they don't, then that's more on the personnel and the pitchers and the front office than I think it is on the manager who's forced to make decisions to bring in relievers that yeah. you might not like them, but that's who he has. You know, that's who the manager has to work with. Right, right. Totally agree. There's always a time and a place for second-guessing the manager and if they turn to the right reliever in the right spot. But, yeah, at the same time, Bruce Bochy always liked to say, like, you know, we got to trust our guys. And it's easy to lean on that over and over and over again. But, yeah. You know, Who else can you, you trust? To bring in your... <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You can't trust anyone but the guys you got. And even if you know deep down this is like a suboptimal situation to put a guy in, um, if he's who you got, then... You got to let him take the wheel and hope it all works out. Um, that being said, I'm just wondering: Do you think they're regretting trading Iglesias last year to the Braves? Yeah, I mean that's that was a, a listen. I think that if I had to guess, this is just my conjecture here. That probably had a lot to do with this impending sa- that the the once impending sale. That uh, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean that's I mean listen, Iglesias is hurt right now. I think so. It's you know make that for what you will, but. And he, and he struggled with the Angels at the beginning of last year before he was traded and then promptly went to the Braves and became, like, the best relief pitcher in baseball. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, listen. No they, coincidence. They, l- l- like, who do they – I mean, they got Tucker Davidson, who's turned into a, you know, seemingly pretty competent pitcher. 
uh, but they also got Jesse Chavez, who then, you know, they released, who immediately went back to the Braves. And basically, <laughs> that was a money dump, right? They had they assigned right. Iglesias for, like, $16 million a year over four years, and then halfway through the first season are like, abort, abort, abort. Like, like <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like, what's the, sometimes I question the plan and the thought process and the, you know, all of that, and yeah. they don't give you a good enough reason to really trust their decision-making. And, and that was one where it's just like, you know, are you making decisions in the best interest of winning, or were you making a, a, a decisions in the best interest of selling, and and yeah. value? And I think that decision may have been the latter. And uh, totally. And now look what look how it's backfired, right? Look how it's backfired. You could really. Right. Use we are literally for, having this conversation ten days into the season. Meanwhile, they traded their best high leverage reliever less than a year ago. Yep. I mean, listen. You could. You could. If you could have gotten Estevez and Iglesias eight nine. That you that you feel good about, right? Like that's that's a good yeah. that's a good back end, but and I'm not saying they have a bad bullpen right now. It's, it's really tough. It's too early. I just I, I think right now what they have is a bullpen with guys you just can't fully rely on, and that 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 trust needs to be established. You know, I mean, I think any big leaguer would tell you the same. They want to establish trust. They want to be the person that you can rely on. I mean, you see it everywhere. Every I look back on. I mentioned Austin Warren earlier in this podcast, but listen, he came up. In 2021, as a guy who had like a six ERA in AAA, and uh, it proceeded to just get hitters out of the major leagues consistently, and then he became a guy that you started using in leverage mm-hmm. situations. It's just about establishing trust. It doesn't matter who you are, how hard you throw, how much experience you have. If you're showing you can get outs, and it's some, and the and the the manager is confident in you, that that's that's golden in this game. And and right now, it's not about the 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 back of the baseball cards with some of these guys. It's just about the because a lot of them have really good backs of baseball cards. It's about what can you do right now, and and right now I think it's a bit of an issue. Yeah, I would say the good news for these guys is that they're going to continue getting opportunities because, again, there's no alternative but the guys they got. Um, has Nevin, like, thrown out the closer by committee uh, phrase, or is Estevez the closer? Uh you know, it's a good question. It's not. It's not like said closer by committee. I think it's more by situation, and the situation is probably going to be Estevez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of my read on it. I mean, listen, they had Jose Quijada. He's you know their two saves this year came by right. Tucker Davidson, who threw four innings and a thirteen to one win, and uh, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had his first career save. He didn't even realize it till after the game, where they like you know dumped I think like a beer on him afterward, <laughs> getting his first career save. And I think he you know there's a good chance he's the he starts the uh, starts on Wednesday. We'll see. They're still choosing between him and Griffin Canning, but yeah, and then Quijada closed uh, the last game in Seattle when when Estevez was unavailable just for usage. So um, yeah, it's I think it's kind of closer by committee. I think that it's to some extent they're you know not locked into anything, but if it's if it's a one run game and Estevez is available, I can pretty pretty confident that's going to be him. I mean he you know he came in today with the game tied in the tenth inning, so that's that's a good indicator of that. Um, but uh, but hey, like you know, we've talked about the bullpen now. I want to get into a different topic. Uh, I think it's yeah. yeah yeah. I think as some of you probably saw, who have who at least follow me or follow this podcast or my articles on theathletic.com, you know we saw you may have seen that I got banned by <laughs> Angels uh, Radio AM eight thirty, and um, the reason I was given. Uh, was not it was not directly from John. Well, Carpino. explain explain yeah. what you were banned from, just to fully. Yeah, set yeah, the yeah. Table. Good, good point. Yeah, I was banned from the show uh, Beat Reporter Roundtable. They do it every week. I don't know, really know how many people listen to it, 
I would venture to guess that all the reaction that came from this was not worth whatever the listenership of that show that airs on Saturday afternoons, like three hours before first pitch is, but, you know, take it for what you will. So, yeah, so I got told that, uh, you know, I, I wasn't invited on the first one, and I recognized it, and I, you know, followed up and asked what was happening. And a couple of days later, I was kind of given a more formal notice that I was no longer welcomed on the program because I bring, you know, quote-unquote, too much negativity crap to a uh, upbeat show, and that the decision came from the Angels team president, John Carpino, who, uh, you know, whatever. It's, what, it's just that was his decision, and, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to fight him on it. I, uh, you know, it's his, the, the Angels own this network. They can make that decision. That's um, their prerogative. I disagree with it. I think that if you're going to have something like a beat reporter roundtable, um, then you should want the beat reporter. And you should probably hear from the beat reporter. Yeah, and the, listen, I'm a beat reporter, and, and I have my own perspective. And honestly, you know, nobody's, and I, I don't think the questions that I've answered, I, you know, and I think if you listen to this podcast and you read my articles, try to be pretty even-handed and balanced and i try not to um you know uh, take shots at people or unless they're not well, certainly if they're not warranted obviously i mean you know i think the most critical i am is toward ownership and toward you know the upper management with the angels because you know they're the ones who are the common denominator of this this losing for years and years and years and it doesn't mean that i think that they're bad human beings it doesn't mean that i think that they ha- do everything wrong it really doesn't I, and i'm sure that's what they think i think but it's not, and it really just comes down to, you know, I just try to cover the team the way I think it should be covered. I think it comes down to, uh, you know, you're trying to dissect why the team cannot win despite having these once-in-a-lifetime, really one, really once-in-a-lifetime players. You know, Mike Trout mm-hmm. is once-in-a-lifetime. Shohei Otani is probably once-in-two-lifetimes. You know, really, because how often is that going to come around? Like, that's just... And yet they, they, they don't win. And you even look on look what happened on Friday, right? Like Mike Trout is a two-run homer, Shohei Otani double single. That's their only hits. That's all they had, literally. You know, so it's just this is this isn't this is a you know this is how you have to look at the the lens of the Angels. You know, you have to be able to come in and say why is this happening, and and I think I've tried to cover it that way. And you know, really the reason why I put it out there uh, is not to make myself the story. I mean, and I would argue that I think the Angels kind of made me the story in this. Uh, you know, they, they made their choice, and I made my choice to make that public and to make it known because, one, I think this happens quite a bit. I wouldn't be surprised if, if this happens in, on other beats, in other ways. You know, we're, we're in a world now where the team media dominates a lot of coverage of the team. It's and I, and I don't always know how much fans can kind of differentiate or understand. I think some fans do, and I think some fans probably love that stuff. You know, they probably would prefer to listen to, you know, what's being said on AMA 30 as opposed to what I'm writing. And that's great. I hope fans that love that stuff, you know, and I'm glad they, 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 that they listen to it, that they watch it, and I hope they continue to do that because, you know, that's, this is the dichotomy of media. You know, there's, different, there's differences in the way things can be covered. But it is filtered, right? It is TMO media. And I thought that by putting it out there, I was making it clear that this is how team media is filtered. And that's really why I, I wanted to get that point across. And it doesn't mean, listen, I, I really respect the people that I work with that, uh, you know, call games on AMA 30. I think, you know, Terry Smith does a great job. Mark Langston does a great job. I think Trent Rush, deal with him every day. He does a great job. It's not, you know, this is not like a personal thing, and, and I, I don't think they feel personal toward me either. I think it came down to John Carpino making this decision, and, um, you know, that was the last thing I really wanted to say. The people that work for the Angels that I come across, 99.9% are, you know, are like these really great people that I love coming to the ballpark and dealing with every day. Um, it just comes down to, I think, a decision was made that 
from somebody who I've, you know, who clearly thinks that I'm difficult or have something against them or I'm too negative and, you know, that's their decision and, and uh, I disagree with the decision, obviously, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy that at the very least people can understand why I said what I said and why that decision was, was made and, and I think it reveals kind of the, the mindset of, you know, teams and how they want to sometimes control their message. Yeah, and I would say the good news to come out of this is that now you have more time to keep writing and keep coming on the pod. Yeah, listen, you don't, listen, I don't, I don't no longer need to uh, split my time between Beat Reporter Roundtable and Calling All Halos <laughs> because I am totally devoted to this now. This is the, like exclusive <laughs> audio, the exclusive audio home of Sam Blum. Yes, yeah, exactly. And Connor Grossman, you know, he's a, uh, it's tough. I mean, listen, Connor's a tough man to, to track down. So the fact that you guys get to hear him once, you know, twice, you know, a month, three times a month, who knows? Like, this is pretty big for you guys. So we're all excited about it. And um, that's, yeah, that's our pod for today. Hey, maybe the Angels will, uh, maybe the bullpen will get a, will figure itself out. And the next time we talk, uh, will be, uh, be a different story. But for now, it's what it is. And uh, we appreciate you all tuning in and listening. And, you know, I meant to say this at the top of the podcast, but I continually forget. Please subscribe. And also, please rate us five stars. We have a lot of good ratings right now, but we want them even better because that means people will listen to it more and it will grow and, you know, we'll be more syndicated or whatever it is. So just yeah, keep giving us all the good news and all the love and just shower us with praise, please. That's all we ask for. And uh, we'll see you again soon.